And it's a very, very, very good evening to you. I'm Wayne Turner. The program is Talk at Six with Wayne Turner. And we'll be taking you through till quarter to seven this evening. So the program is approximately 40 minutes in length. Now, the way the show works is that we look at issues from education to finances to medical. We have a community slot and we try to inform, educate and sometimes entertain our listeners with uh, what we have to present. We make use of guest experts where we can. So we have regular people on the show who continually give uh information about their particular subject as i said the first monday of the month which is this one i'll introduce our our guest expert in a moment second is uh nick O'Clanans, who does our finances third is our community slot and fourth we alternate between dr neville wellington and dr charles shule who look at family medicine and uh, diabetes right so to kick off this show i have in studio with me one month later after the last show, and that is Cherry Howell. A very good evening to you, Cherry. A good evening to you and to the listeners too. Now, Cherry, uh, it's, good, it's good having you back on the show. We've had uh, four weeks since the last show. And uh, education is our uh, subject, you our guest expert. But before we get into tonight's subject, just uh, give a quick background uh, for people who have not been listening on a regular basis about uh, who you are, where you come from. Yes, I'm a, a school teacher, a primary school trained school teacher. I am a remedial teacher. I have done um, um, been teaching in local schools for almost 48 years. And uh, so I have a history of primary school teaching and with helping the primary school child, but I also have been selling educational toys and equipment in the in the Constantia Valley. We so kn- we know you as is. Cherry Howell from Hi Ho Cherry O, and I mean that's no longer in existence as a shop, but you still uh, consult yes, and have a business from your your home yeah. uh, shop. Yes, our home is in in Lakeside. If you just Google or Facebook Hi Ho Cherry O, you'll find more details about what we do now. And uh, we do still um, sell a range of fantastic, unique toys, non-electronic, non um, the good old-fashioned stuff that you probably were either raised on or raised your children on. Most of us were. And uh, if, if you need to contact uh, Cherry about any of the subjects, of course, you'll do it through that. Okay, let's let, – let's, I know we keep on harping back to uh, lockdown and COVID, but that has changed our lives quite dramatically. Uh, prior to Cherry joining us on a, on the first Monday of the month, we had Dr. Beulah van der Vestesen, and uh, we looked at education from all aspects. And uh, what we did, one of the things that did come out was the – the pressures that parents face, and particularly most of the uh, schooling and educating and responsibility tends to uh, fall into mom's lap. So for the purpose of this show, uh, our subject, we're going to talk about moms, although some uh, dads do take take this role. Talking about pressures, uh, Cherry, uh, moms in the home and as it relates to education are finding a, a lot of pressures that they didn't have and decisions that need to be made prior to lockdown and COVID. I quite agree with you, you know, Wayne. Um, in pre-COVID days, um, you know, your child went off to school and you, you um, 
and what you did in the time that your child was at school was you either went to work or you may be lucky enough to stay at home with the kids. And, um, but the school was, took responsibility for the education, the formal education of your, ch- or your child. And then COVID changed all that because all of a sudden you were up face with what was going on in, in the school. And now we're going back to some kind of new normal and the schools are back on track, but we're still left with um, what happened in the past two years and how your role as mom or dad changed for many men there who had to work at home. Um, they saw they saw what was going on. They took more of an active life and possibly even, um, depending on the skills of the dads, or the pre- even if, if there was a dad to help out, maybe some of the help, your, the, the fathers were helping in terms of the maths or that type of thing because mom was too busy with other things. So all in all, um, the topic we're going to do today is not so much about... Um, about COVID and what we what we left with and how we're facing the new tomorrow. It's that age old question of guilt. Um, before before yeah. we go there, can I just uh, make a comment? Because COVID has changed certain things. Where some ro- roles have been reversed, the dad was retrenched, no longer has a job. Mm-hmm. Mom has now had to go out and work. That's the one. Mm-hmm. And you have other aspects where people have had to take salary cuts due to the whole lockdown. Now mom has been brought into into the mix and now has to join dad. So now you've got two people having to earn incomes. And that comes to our, our subject because mom's all of a sudden, it's not only this, this decision was only made when after a baby now at a certain stage, mom has to go back to work and now you've got all that decision making. Now what's happened now, moms who didn't have to work now have to work to support or take over the role of the, 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 the primary earner. And this comes to our subject of the, the, the guilt that they feel. I, sh- I should be mom. I should be doing this. Now I have to go out and I feel guilty. How, do, how does that impact uh, the whole structure of the family and, of course, the well-being and uh, how a mom feels now? Yeah, I think that um, um, the role of the traditional mother has been um, debated and it has changed over the years as our social situations and economic um, reasons. As you just said, um, there have been many people retrenched since COVID, but with, with without putting COVID again into the equation, you know, the, depending on, on your place in life, so many people are made redundant. So many people are um, find that it's just not working out financially, whatever they spend earn um, is paid out for childcare, so it, it ends up with this big bal- uh, big imbalance so what's the point of going to work if you're sitting with your child and all your salary you are earning is going for childcare? so some people have made the decision to you know to find better jobs and and pers- per- pursue a career that gets a better job and other people have had to downscale on the, on the, on the type of schooling and um, also on on their lifestyle in order to make ends meet it's very real out out there and all in all this the sitting and juggling your your role as parent and your role and also your own identity before kids came before kids came you were the nurse the doctor the uh, state agent, the whatever you were ident- you identified yourself 
also through your profession. That's the social fabric that we do nowadays. You know, you have make a, strike up a conversation with someone and you ask them what kind of work they do and that sort of almost puts them into a, a type of, um, uh, like a box, almost. Mm. So um, um, I think that... Um, as a um, as a mom, and, uh, and we're using the word mom because that is tends to be the the primary caregiver um, in most situations. And there are fractured families where mom has no no uh, support with dad, not any financial, but also pr- present. So therefore, mom is the 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 mother is the female parent is the dad. The mom all rolled in one, and often has to juggle lots and lots of balls Mm. i just want to make a point that before we go on uh and you can either agree or disagree with me and that is uh with circumstances changing and and job situations changing and role roles changing it's not wrong that mom has to go back to work because this whole big guilt thing is often put on people by families, churches, friends, Mm. where, where, Mm. uh, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not their fault. They might have chosen, well, dad's going to earn the bacon. Mom's going to stay at home. That's what the ideal situation was, but now that has changed. Yeah. People go back to work for, for several reasons. And obviously financial should probably is, is the major reason why they go back. But there are some women who, um, um, who really enjoy their, their, their work and they, have, they would like to start a family with, with their partner. And um, it's a God-given gift to have children. Desire. Yes, it's a desire. It's innate. So there is nothing wrong with wanting to have children and nothing wrong with finding that you are not able to care for them and that it would be better for you to go out and work. Mm. For many women, um, it's an intellectual um, stimulation Mm. and not every woman... Just because you're a woman doesn't mean that you get a kick out of staying at a home and washing nappies and doing the housework and making yourself look pretty for when your husband walks in, <laughs> according to that famous 1953 article uh, we all about know the that perfect, one. perfect wife that has been doing the rounds. So what I'm saying is that um, there are many women who manage to juggle, and that's a good word to use, to juggle your career, um, your finances, and what you perceive are your child's needs. So, because we, uh, yeah. we have to look at, at the, as you were saying, the God-given desires and how God has made us, that most times in a relationship, the mom is the nurturer. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. as you said, juggling a career and being a mom, when mom comes home, kids naturally tend to... Uh, reach out to mom because mom is the nurturer Mm. and that in itself uh, adds to the pressures that mom and sometimes the guilt as well mom knows that I am the nurturer when I come home as dads often do they just want to sit down relax kick off their shoes but mom Mm. carries on her from businesswoman into mom she uh, changes roles easier absolutely but then then she she doesn't get the the hat off with the door but she doesn't get the the 
opportunity as many men do of relaxing after a long day. No. <laughs> and um I think that's why Netflix was invented. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. um and there's a number of people who feel guilty about how much Netflix they watch and it's yeah. for the same reason. So what what other yeah. reasons are there that moms have to go back? And you talk about the finance right. finances, yes. the the innate desire to be be to do something or achieve right. something. Okay. That's because we are complex human beings. Let's take the finance out of it. The finance is a fact of life. Mm. Okay, we have to have money in order to survive. So and we're not talking about going out to earn for the luxury. We're just talking about earning yeah, to survive. Yeah. But you know, there are people who do go to work for, for a specific lifestyle because they want that lifestyle. Mm. They want to have the, the, the two cars that, and they want to have the holidays, the upgraded house. So in other words, they go back to work. One of the reasons they go back to work is to... Uh, Afford is a lifestyle. To, the, to have a, um, a, a more comfortable, luxurious lifestyle. Mm. And and also it could be for status because the lifestyle is often related to your, your value system. And you think that it's the right value system for you. It depends on your social your, your your social awareness and where you want to be in life, what you want to perceive. For some people, it doesn't matter what car they drive or where they live because they've put um, their emphasis on other things. But many women go back to work for, for social interaction. They, they're sitting at home and they're loving being with their children. They're loving, don't get me wrong, they don't really need to go out to work for for intellectual stimulation, but they can't wait to get there and and interact with other people. They're not talking about replacing, they want to add to that yes. lifestyle. They want to connect with other women or other men. They and want a ladies' tea morning doesn't do no, that. No, 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 no. Because you see, it's all about working on a project. When mm. you walk into and I'm talking now from a woman and I'm hoping you'll understand my my, my. women love projects. Whether the project is raising a child, cleaning the bathroom, tidying out the toy cupboard, or going into an office and doing some, getting stuck into a project. Some women prefer to be in the, in the leading role. I'm not saying women. Some people prefer the leading. Other people like to be a follower and you delegate and I'll get on with my job quietly. Or just to yes. be a contributor. Now, that situation doesn't happen at home at mm. all. So the woman in her home is, is the queen of the, of the, of the show there, <clears throat> queen of the desert, whatever. So um, in, in, a, in a, an office scenario, she could well be, um, it's, it's, it's a more intellectually and more socially stimulating. So some women are prepared to stay at home for a couple of years, but they long for that social interaction and they long, um, they long also for the intellectual. But there's a deeper thing here. Mm. It is that sense of achievement when you've done something. No one's going to you know, phone up and say, well done, you got the kids to bed on time and the, the houses and the, everything's folded, nappies are folded and husband's happy and you still look so glam and you've lost weight and all this. But you do get a certain amount of affirmation mm. when you are in a huge amount of affirmation. Um, and some of us as humans, not as women, but as humans, feed off that affirmation. Five, the five la love yes. languages, one of those is affirmation. Is, and, yes. uh, you know, if you're not getting not. it in the home, dads are off at work. We're not talking about dad yeah, not giving but, it. Yeah. I mean, you, you need it because it, life has changed. Uh, many, 
I, I know my wife at the age of 19, uh, we got engaged, 20, she was married, 21, she had two kids. Not <laughs> much time to, yeah, not much time to develop a career. But these days where people get married later, have kids later, that that mom might have had a, a career already of 10 to 15 it's, years. It's the, it's, that's exactly it's, what is the difference. So, so it's now. not that you they're desiring something. They had it. They were used to it. And they, they did it for 15 years. Had kids. They make amazing moms. They love being moms. But there's still that, that memory and that desire. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And, and is that wrong? No. I think it's... it's um, I'll, uh, We've just got the goalposts have been shifted somewhat. So it's a traditional role for, for women, and I'm talking seriously, say about 50 or so years ago, 50, 60 years ago, was um, you get out of school, you get married, and you have babies. It was a traditional model. and oh, my, right. my mom was like that, gave yes. up work, and she never worked yes. again after I was born. Well, and funny enough, uh, um, so she was the moment the children and you were the eldest mm-hmm. yeah and then you had more ch- siblings to follow yes. so you have no recollection of having a working mom mm-hmm. um, I grew up in the 1960s 50, 50s and 60s and my mom um, she had me like literally 13 months after they were married so she was just on 22 when she had me they were me. the same 13 months right. without kids okay and um, and she and she was a high-powered secretary with a, with a standard eight. And she had such a drive to write stories, to be a legal secretary, etc. And that's what she did. So she was in the beginning of this wonderful career. And along came the fact that I was imminent. So um, You messed but, up everything. Yes. Well, yes. Tr- and that's in many ways true. I had two uh, two other siblings. So let's say you mm. interrupted. I in- interrupted. But it wasn't going to get my mom down. My mom was very feisty. And um, unfortunately, she had a needy mother-in-law, my dad's mom, who didn't have a place to stay. So good was the solution for both. So she came to live with us. And um, the moment we would turn four months old, which is how long your maternity benefit is, my mom was back at that work fast. Boy, she couldn't catch the bus to get to work fast enough. And so in a space of her career up to the age of 55 when she um, retired, she had um, one year off apart from her annual leave. So the one year was three months of four months, which is when the three of us were born. So I grew up with my gran as a caregiver who wasn't particularly loving or caring or whatever and didn't play games with us and whatever. But um, it taught me a lot of resilience and independence. Funny how you think that was the word that came to mind. So, um, and that is something I'm going to be bringing out. Mm. What are the benefits? And it'll come up just now in our conversation Mm. that, um, you know, we speak about why do they feel so guilty? So that's what we've only got a few more minutes left, um, another uh, half the program, but we need to unpack um, why it's not such a train smash if you have to go back to work. So, to stop feeling this guilt. So why is there guilt 
trip. And I just want to refer to, um, and this is this notion has been bandied about so often. There are books written about it. You can Google it. The concept of the first thousand days of life. First thousand days would take the child up to um, approximately three and a half years mm. old. So, and um, as one who has studied child development, um, the brain will never grow as fast in those four. Those uh, and the potential for learning and for cognitive thought will never grow so fast as in those first thousand days. Formative years. Those are called formative because the brain is forming, the structures, the learning structures are forming, and the attitudes, values, and skills are forming. So one tends to discard the fact that this is just a baby or this is just a young child. He can't read. So many people sort of overcompensate because they realise that the child is so young. So they start teaching all sorts of manner of formal skills with formal equipment, teaching the kids how to read and write and all this stuff, and they're not even four years old. And you forget that in those formative years, the child is learning from every single experience and not necessarily um, negative learning. Mm. And that's where the guilt comes in. You think that because you are not there, that the child is not going to grow up in the way that um, that you would prefer them to. You, you're beginning to feel guilt that your child is not um, that getting the same amount of love and care and all this. And that could be the case, depending on who you choose mm. to be your care, the caregiver. But um, so it's all, it's all about being intentional and not yeah. just leaving someone else to do it. That if you have to be in that situation, you still need to be the decision maker. You still need to say, mm. I want my child to be like it. I can't be doing it, but the person mm. who's doing it, I, mm. I have these expectations. Mm. Yes, Correct. Yes. And when you're walking around, uh, when you're going around and you're choosing the, the daycare for your child, um, or even the school, because don't forget the school has your child for six, seven hours a day, and then they could go to aftercare. So when you're choosing schools, you are going to choose a school that you um, have heard from recommendations of, that you know you can afford, and what is more important the most important reason for looking at a school, as far as I'm concerned, as an ex-school teacher, um, is you need to look at the type of child that goes to that school and mm. whether they have the same value system as your own. So it's no good t- tracking your child because you've heard of a school being good or daycare being good or whatever. You trick your child and you spend more money on petrol getting there. And the child that comes out of that system, you see certain values and you go into the classroom and you you see these things happening here that you don't agree with you have to listen to that small voice so that you as you said you don't just randomly park them off right you know if i might just say at this point that uh, um um, many years ago there was a a a very well-known psychiatrist from the states he did most of his work in new york in fact he was particularly concerned about this um, and we're talking about the latter half of the previous century, the 1980s, 1990s, when we didn't have computers and things, um, not even cell phones really. And he was concerned about um, the changing role of women and um, and how working women, um, how this was affecting children. Mm. And he, as I said, he was a, a psychiatrist and he founded a, a, a center in New York called the Early 
care center, early care center. This man's name was Dr. Sanger, S-A-N-G-E-R, probably pronounced it Sanger, American chap. And um, he had a lot of positive things to say about um, daycare and the fact that moms had to go out to work. And uh, that's what I want to to talk about um, um, if you don't mind, is, is the positive things, because if we, yes, we can sit and talk negative all the time. We've heard all the negative yes, things heard, over the years. But yeah. So what you're saying then is uh, when the situation is such that mom has to go back to work, it's not all negative. This guy found a number of positives of having a yeah. working mom. Let's, let's have a look at some of that. Let's have a look at some of those. So first of all, it's the notion that the moms stay at home with the under fives is an antiquated. He felt that he, that was the word he used. It's antiquated. So in other words, mommy stays at home and once they all go off to school, I mean, that's how I, and as you say, your wife, um, how I perceived it, I was definitely at home for my children. In fact, I was at home for my children right up to grade seven. But um, we're talking now in the previous century, which is actually quite amazing that in those days he said that it's an antiquated. It's a, it's the same that women can only vote, um, you know, women couldn't vote because, you know, they need to be at home. Mm. Um, so it's, that is, it is an old-fashioned notion that staying at home doesn't necessarily have anything to do with a well-adjusted child. So he feels... So children with stay-at-home moms... <clears throat> could be just as maladjusted as a child That's whose right. mom went out to work That's and it. had problems and was maladjusted. So there because wasn't it wasn't it all depends on the parenting style. It doesn't depend on staying how home much or time. going to work. Wow. That's not the issue now. It's it's what happens while the mom's staying at home or while the child is at a daycare center. That's that's exactly it. Interesting. You see, uh, it's a very interesting notion because then we have what comes up is quantity time, quality time. You hear this word quality time bandied about as much time as you hear these box of chocolates called Quality Street. Mm. So I make this analogy is that Quality Street is like a street with all these qu- quality mommies sitting at home and, you know, giving their children top quality um, uh, mothering, parenting. Attention. And are there, are there not other equally nice sweeties, chocolates, which are not called Quality Street? Mm. So um, it, um, it's um, when we take the word quality time versus quantity time, um, and that's where the guilt comes. How, how much time do you spend with your kids? Oh, shame. That you're only half an hour when you get home. And then you immediately are, have got to start defending yourself. Well, I have to go to work because, you know, we, well, I can't afford to stay at home. I'd love to stay at home, but I can't for various reasons which we discussed. So to me, if you, um, it's got nothing to do with TikTok, TikTok time. It's to do with um, um, the time that your child is a child. That's the time we're talking about. Mm. So quality time, when I say quality time or quantity time, I'm not talking about the hours of the day. I'm talking about 12 years of time right so in the 12 years that you have a child and let's say that say from the age 13 they you know they are able quite happy to to spend all afternoon with somebody else and yeah. doing sport or whatever after school so if you think about it that from the moment your child wakes up to the moment he wakes up the next day which includes sleeping time that child will be a happy healthy child if he's been given 
LSD, which I think I've mentioned before, that drug LSD. And the LSD simply stands for love and security and discipline. That is the way of showing quality time with your child. So when he goes to sleep at so night. So it's love, security, security and, and discipline. discipline. Right. So you'll realize that um, love doesn't mean telling a child. That it obviously means actions. Mm. And and it's not only just lip service saying, I love you. The security comes in when the child feels that there are parameters, that they know that their parents will always be there. That even if they have to spend the day in, in, in daycare, that mom will fetch them at a certain time. And when they get home, mom is going to be there to listen to them and show love by listening and being with them. It might be mom's right. busy cooking supper, but, but uh, Johnny's sitting on the chair and mom is giving, as she's cooking, giving she's all giving her attention. attention. And, and, um, and also he sees that, yes, she's tired, but he's also seeing the love that's coming through in other ways. Mm. The child, um, and this is what <laughs> Dr. Sanger said, is that a young child does not know the difference between a freezer, a freezer meal or, you know, or take away. <laughs> he is busy looking at the way you're sitting around and eating and, and what's going on. The interaction and the, the enjoyment of the meal as, then, as yeah. opposed to the content right. of the meal. And it's and especially if your child's been in a daycare for, since four months or whatever, that child's grown up with a lifestyle that's accepted them. As much as he's grown up in an English household or an Afrikaans or, a, you know, an Italian, it's the norm for that child. So if the child spent all his life in a, in a shack or a block of flats or wherever, it is the norm for that child. So no matter how guilty you are, your child has accepted that this is the world and he will be able to if he feels loved, if he feels secure and he can predict what's going to happen. The mm. chi- if the child feels he can predict What's going to happen? Can then, I just uh, then he is secure and um, and he knows that when he when he wakes up in the morning that his mom will be there to pack this that and the other, or when he gets home from school and his mom's not there that his granny will be there, mm. and into from that comes discipline and discipline does not mean smacking and whatever, it means discipline meaning you've got a structured environment. Right. Discipline does not mean um um. Punishing or right. rewarding. Punishing and rewarding is, is, a, is a topic actually for right. another talk. You know, when I came home from school having a stay-at-home mom, I'd come home, I'd shout, hi, ma, she'd acknowledge, and then we might not see each other for the next four hours. It wasn't the fact that she was there for me all the time and doing stuff with me. It was the knowledge that she was there. It was the prediction that when you walked in, she would be there. Mm. So if you walked in and she wasn't there… That was the problem. Um, no, what I'm saying is that if the child knew that, okay, she knows that she predicts that mom won't be there, but she predicts that granny or the... the, the oh, um, I understand, what I understand what, what you mean. Because that's the security the child has. Because many yeah. people say, oh, stay at home, mom, uh, you've got to be engaged in your child and doing stuff. No, I mean, sometimes it will just be the knowledge that the mom is there. Then they carry on with their own homework or they do their own stuff. A friend comes around, they play. It doesn't mean that engagement and interaction. That's, that's right. not what it's all about. Okay. Yes. So what Dr. Sanger discovered is that um, with children who are being exposed to daycare and um, uh, this type of this lifestyle of, of having a carer or going to a daycare, 
Um, he he felt that the child is being introduced to the real world at a much earlier point in their developmental cycle. So going back, one tends to think that okay, they're they're running around playing away merrily until they're five, six, they go off to school, they suddenly have to learn the structure at a school and they have to learn that their mommy isn't there all the time. We almost have that as the princess, um, the prince and princess um, syndrome where every little kid goes into into grade one, all little girls think they're the princess because their daddy has told them that and all the moms think that their son is, you know, the superhero. So they walk in, they discover that they're in a class of, superheroes and princesses and the teacher doesn't have the same <laughs> acknowledgement. No, everyone's yeah, the same. That's it. So the real, a child who will go into, a, into a, a big social mix and won't be the center of attraction, a center of attention. Um, so what, so can I just interrupt? Yeah. So what you're saying, the child that from the age of two or three that goes into a daycare, mommy's, mommy's group, whatever it is, is experiencing this interaction far more than the kid that starts school at six so they more so what you're saying they are more prepared they are in the real world earlier benefiting from what the kid at six benefits from absolutely so um so that's the the one the big positives correct so now we're looking at the lifestyle of today's working women can result in more self-confident children more independent children, they know what the norm is. They know where you're supposed to go if you if you need the toilet and you can't, and you've made a mistake and you wet your pants or you can't find the loo or you're thirsty or you can't sleep. You know that what to do. You know which is you you've figured out. You've been able to problem solve. As opposed to the kid that starts at six, it's been yes. at been at home, yeah. hasn't had the same. Yeah. It's it's like getting kicked out of the, the chick getting kicked out of the nest earlier yes. is going to be I'm not flying earlier. Right or wrong? No, no, we're just yeah, stating we're just facts. Stating, yeah. This is an observation that they've made with children, and it's also children who who mix with other children in in that type of environment. They're more socially adept. So now, um, and they've got the skills with going up to some kid and saying, um, "Hello, my name is so and so, and I want it. I want that toy. Whether it, you know, that's for the." Teacher to do this resolving, you know, a fracas in the in the Mm. playground, and those type of children go on to to work at university because and out into the workforce is because they have had they've got more people skills. I really didn't uh, know this. There's always been that big negative, and the and I think it's the guilt trip people put on to other people saying, well, uh, you know, it's a big negative. Your child hasn't had mom and all the rest of it. But there is a completely different side to the story, which is very, very positive. Yeah, yeah. So look, if I can just quickly. Yeah, we've got um, about four minutes left left. in the program. So I just want to talk quickly about um, the main guilts that people feel about um, about, uh, going back to work. And their first guilt is they feel that they're not being a proper mom by conventional standards. What you're saying, they are. Yes, they are. Just their maternal, because maternal love can be expressed in many ways. 
um, it's it's not what a woman does with her child, but how she does it. So she might come home at the end, but there's there's no time to bake or play or draw or color or whatever with your child. But it doesn't stop her from showing an interest in the child's mm. activities that have happened when her mom was when mom was. They, they've there. just done all that at school. They no, don't need so to do it she again. Can, she can yes, she can still say you know. Um, um, I'd like to hear about your 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 in what you did today, and then what is particularly with older children is not you know older children say how was you say how was school today you're asking a very open ended question, and kids say no it's fine, but if you express a knowledge of what is happening at school today, oh I remember there's a new coach for for football how is he working out. Uh, and you start asking very pointed questions mm. that not only show that you have been listening and um, and and you've got not only are you interested but you are knowledgeable so and that's one guilt that uh, not being a proper mom by conventional standards it goes back to the, the way you, you, you handle those special times after school when you're home. So, um, and not being around, many mothers worry about this when they go back to school at a very, when the kids are very young. They are, have this FOMO, fear of missing out because they're not around for your first step and the first word, milestones. But you must never underestimate the power of a mother-child bond. You might not have been there, but it could have been captured on, on video by somebody, and it often is. I don't even remember that of my children. Yeah, that's, that's it, quite it wasn't. Right. It was a non-event. So us who uh, who were there can assure you, it in, in the big fabric of motherhood, there are other things that you will remember. It's nice. Yes, but it is nice, but it's not a reason to feel guilty. Um, not being at home when the child is sick, so you need to have backup plans. You need to, and a, a very good trick that uh, that um, I I want to quickly propound is um, the fact that when you're ch- when you're not at home and your child is going to be sick, tell your child in advance. This is the kind of things that are, that I've got planned for you. So off they go with all these special activities and things, and when that happens, the child thinks, "Mommy said that this was going to happen. Mommy said that she would do this with me," and that is an uh, a, um, also confirmation that that mommy loves you. That's security. So, yes, that's security. And because, and the last thing I want to say here is that because you work, you're a working mom. It doesn't mean you love you love your child any less than the person that sits at home with mm. them. And the solutions is that just just watch out. The big thing to watch out for is trying to compensate with material things that you want to buy your kid things because you feel guilty you've got this extra income and Re- that is a that is a, a, a that a, response a to guilt is the problem is the problem yes right so what we've ascertained is that you don't need to be guilty mm. you do not need to be guilty you need to be intentional about the things mm. that need to happen and As show you said, your love in different Love, ways. security, and, and discipline. If you can show those in half an hour, it's better than the mom who has yes. 8,000 doesn't show them. And the, one of the things we also do is, apart from buying the, our kids' stuff, is by making their bedtime later because you want to spend time with mm. them. And that's also something, watch it goes part of discipline and structure. Right. Wow, that went very, very quickly. We covered wow. a huge amount, but we really drilled down into some of these areas. <laughs> and I think... If you want to listen to the show as a podcast uh, later on, uh, you're going to have a pleasant surprise that you do not need to be guilty. If you just put a few um, 
steps into uh, uh, being intentional about being a mom. Love, security, and discipline. And it's not hours of the clock. It's over a period of years. Of 12 years. Yeah. Yes. Well, thanks so much, Cherry. Your information is valuable, and we really, really appreciate that. Right, that's the end of the show. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back uh, with education in four weeks' time. Next week is our financial slot with Nico Clanans. Till then, from me, Wayne Turner, it's goodbye and God bless.